This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it! And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody. If you are still unconvinced about the sexual radicalism of Democrats, consider who the DNC featured as a panelist during its recent convention. Jay Mai, who identifies as a black, Vietnamese, transgender, non-binary, gender transcendent, mermaid, queen, king, who is also a licensed minister in the Progressive National Baptist Church. You can't make these things up. Oh, yes. And this person also called for the abolition of the police, prisons and U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. No wonder the human rights campaign recently referred to the Biden-Harris ticket as the most pro-equality ticket in history. But if things have already descended into the moral sewer as much as they already have, what more will Joe Biden and Kamala Harris actually do to this country for the big gay revolution if they're elected? We're going to find out more about it now from Peter LaBar we're president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. Peter, great to have you with us. Thanks, Janet. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you for being here. The Biden plan to advance LGBTQ plus equality in America and around the world has been posted over at the website for Joe Biden. This thing is about by approximate, I, I don't know, guess, guessing maybe about 27 pages long. I mean, it's huge. Just you scroll and scroll and scroll. What do you think about the Biden-Harris ticket being the most pro-equality ticket in American history? Well, I think the one of the most important things to understand, and I went above and beyond for this interview, Janet, I want you to know I watched the Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden speeches at the Human Rights Campaign, which is the leading homosexual activist organization in the world. And the, the fact is, is that these two radical Democrats are all in for the entire LGBTQ agenda, which includes uh, labeling transgender rights as the civil rights issue of our time. Mm. Um, uh, Biden and Harris, all in. The way they talk, they're amongst friends. It doesn't matter that Joe Biden and his wife Jill uh, are ostensibly Catholic. That's all out the window because they talk and act like homosexual transgender activists. Well, it's weird when I was reading through this entire plan, and I want to get into that in a little bit more detail. There were all sorts of categories that I thought, is there really such a need for this? You know, it's like, well, we're going to help kids who are homeless, who are also gay because there's so many of them. And we're also going to help immigrants and refugees. And it was like in some of these categories, they just added an LGBTQ plus element to the entire issue, whether or not it was needed. Uh, There were some strange things there. But let's talk a little bit about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris before we get into some of their plans, because Joe Biden is the one who was trotted out before me the press in 2012 before President Obama, then President Obama, admitted he was for gay marriage. And he kind of paved the way, didn't he? Who do you love? Who do you love? And will you be loyal to the person you love? And that's what people are finding out is what all marriages at their root are about. This was Joe Biden eight years ago. So he was kind of a trendsetter, I guess, on this. But what are your thoughts on his being all in for the big gay agenda? Well, uh, I think, again, I think it's important to understand that for all intents and purposes, 
the religious faith, and we've known this about so many politicians, the religious faith really is for show, it's not for real. I mean, Catholic Church teachings are very, very clear on abortion and same-sex so-called marriage. Uh, there's no way you can rationalize being a, a faithful Catholic, as liberal media types love to paint Biden and support uh, so-called marriage between two men or two women. That's ridiculous. Mm. And uh, you can't support abortion, even taxpayer-funded abortion. And yet the media continues the myth that uh, Joe Biden is this you know, faithful Catholic. And so that's out the window, and we have to understand that, because even though I'm not satisfied, I mean, I, there are abjects, uh, aspects to the Trump administration on the homosexual issue I'm not happy with. Yeah. Trump is not a radical, pro-homosexual, pro-transgender advocate, which is what Joe Biden has become and Kamala Harris to the point where the opponents are labeled as basically bigots, haters, and homophobes and transphobes. That's their words. They're using that language against essentially people of faith who object to this radical agenda. Well, that's right. And Kamala Harris has her own background in 2013 after the lifting, this is from the Human Rights Campaign website, following the lifting of California's ban on same-sex marriage, as we know that wasn't a ban. Uh, Kamala Harris officiated the first subsequent marriage between a same-sex couple in the state between Proposition 8 plaintiffs Chris Perry and Sandy Steer. So Kamala Harris has kind of groundbreaking credentials as well, but terrible ones. Can I say something on that, Janet? Yeah. She, she went out of her way in one of her speeches to the human rights campaign to say that it's patriotic to support this agenda. But it's not patriotic to ignore the law, which you as attorney general are required to enforce. I'm talking about Prop 8. Remember, yep. that was the yes. key California vote, which upheld marriage between a man and a woman, as it is, voted by the people of California. She went past that. She ignored that to, set to, to honor the so-called homosexual agenda, which included same-sex so-called marriage. And so it's not patriotic to ignore the law to pursue this radical sexual and gender agenda. Well, and that's an important point, because here she was the attorney general of California, and she would be the vice president of the United States, and it is the job of the government to uphold the law. So what does that say about somebody who served as the highest legal official or the highest lawyer in California, flouted the law openly, and Gavin Newsom did the same thing, by the way, when he was in San Francisco, um, and, and don't care about the law if it doesn't go along with the big gay agenda. They'll just do whatever they want. Right. And it, it shows that it's really become almost a religion to these liberal Democrats and progressives, uh, the, the homosexual, bisexual, transgender agenda. And you're absolutely right, Janet. It's going to go well past transgender. Now it's going to polyamory, pansexuality. And remember, if all, one of the key points of their uh, agenda is the so-called Equality Act, yeah. which would basically... Uh, put homosexual, bisexual, transgender so-called rights above religious freedom explicitly in the so-called Equality Act. And so if this has become your religion, then this really supersedes religious freedom. It even supersedes free speech and the freedom of religion. It becomes more important to that if you are a radical Democrat, which, I mean, every Democrat they're not speaking out against, you know, very few Democrats anymore even give honor or even would dare say that they support marriage between a man and a woman, which is what Biden said in 2006. But now he is a radical pro-homosexual marriage act- activist. I mean, this becomes their religion. Yeah, it really is. You know, what's interesting to me is you will see different tweets getting traction or different posts on Facebook getting traction 
whenever there is something having to do with one of these really over-the-top radical policies that the left wants to institute in the name of LGBTQ plus rights, I see far fewer Christians getting engaged on this issue than I do on abortion. And of course, we should be extremely involved on the abortion issue and the life issue, and we are. But why haven't more people in the church, more Christians woken up to this? Because if the Equality Act passes, Peter, that will effectively criminalize Christianity. There will be no religious exemptions for anything in the Biden-Harris plan when it comes to anything that Human Rights Campaign or any of these other gay lobbyist groups want to enact. Right. The Equality Act is, is, a, is the biggest gift you could ever give to homosexual and transgender lawyers. You will see lawsuits uh, going crazy. We already see lawsuits uh, at the state and local level using these uh, so-called LGBTQ, so-called civil rights laws. And remember, remember, civil rights, as we've traditionally understood it, is based on skin color, unchangeable things. Yes. Uh, not some, not not sexual behavior, sexual identity, and and we have to remember. Uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are both strongly against the idea that people can leave homosexuality behind, which is a core Christian notion, especially because we both know many men and women and ex-transgenders, ex-lesbians, ex-gay men have come out of it through Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians five, you know, you are a new creation in Christ. People are leaving this sin behind, but the democratic party is now radically opposed to so-called conversion therapy, which is they're saying that any attempt to change, leave homosexuality behind, they call it conversion therapy and they want to use the law and their power to ban it. Yeah. Hang on, um, Peter, hang on, because we do need to pause for a quick break. I want to pick up on that when we come back. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. Back with Peter LaBarbera right after this. Did you know that over 18 million babies have been aborted worldwide since January 1st? Every single one of these babies died during the COVID-19 pandemic. Why isn't the world declaring these babies as lost? Here's Dan Steiner, the president of Preborn, a ministry dedicated to saving babies' lives from abortion through ultrasound. I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has plan for them is taken from them violently so often. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the United States and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. Would you help show that these babies' lives are not forgotten? Preborn is there for women in crisis who want to make the right choice, but society tells them that a preborn baby is not a human life. I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Everybody wanted me to have an abortion. Preborn shines light into a mother's womb, introducing her to the beautiful life growing inside of her. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. The cost of one ultrasound is just $28, or five ultrasounds cost $140. To donate, just call 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229. Or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. I'm going to keep my baby, and I'm going to be a great mom. 
Every baby's life is important. Would you please join with Janet Meffer today and Preborn in the Cause for Life? All gifts are tax deductible. And when you donate, you'll receive an ultrasound picture along with stories of other babies' lives that were spared. Call now, 855-402-BABY, 855-402-2229. Or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Welcome back. What in the world is this Biden plan to advance LGBTQ plus equality in America and around the world? You can go on that website and you can read all about it. It is lengthy, but there are some really scary things in the Biden-Harris plan for what they want to enact if elected to the White House in November. We're talking with Peter LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth, about homosexuality. We were discussing, for example, the Equality Act, and we covered that a little bit, Peter, which would affect criminalize Christianity. It is a, it would be a complete nightmare. And I think a lot of Christians would wake up. Once that passes, they, they'll finally get engaged. We're encouraging you to get engaged now, of course. But something else you mentioned, and this was part of the Biden plan as well. This plan says that Joe Biden will work to enact the Therapeutic Fraud Prevention Act to ban all, this is my words, to ban all secular talk therapy for people with unwanted same-sex attraction or kids who have been sexually abused and are confused and need some help that'll be gone it's gone already in something like 18 states this would be on the federal level no more and i keep telling christians this we emphasize this peter last year at god's voice if you are a pastor or a christian leader and you don't care because you say okay well these psychologists or psychiatrists involved in secular therapy therapy number one what the left is saying about them is a total lie there is nobody being abused in in these you know, offices where this kind of therapy actually is offered. It is, you know, client driven. But the second part about it, Peter, is that once they ban secular therapy, what makes Christians think they won't ban Christian therapy or Christian counseling? I mean, that is next, isn't it? Oh, you better believe it. They always go incrementally. We know that. They used to talk about civil unions, and then it became so-called homosexual marriage. Um, You're absolutely right. And remember, conversion therapy is the boogeyman term that the left loves to use. And you'll hear Biden talking about it. He's going to pressure Trump in the the debates. Um, It's the boogeyman term because they know it sounds scary, but you called it what it is, talk therapy. We have talk therapy for all kinds of issues and, uh, you know, for whatever problems there are. And the most serious is what you mentioned. There are many, many people, especially a lot of so-called openly gay men adults, gay male adults, who were sexually abused in their youth. Now imagine your child is abused by a you have a son abused by a homosexual man. You want to have you want to take him to a therapist to say, look, I don't want him to think he's gay because he was uh, abused by a man, by a predator. And as you said, in many states now that would be illegal. And they want to make Biden and Harris want to nationalize that, make it illegal to take your child who was abused by a, a homosexual uh, predator to get help so that he won't, uh, you know, embrace some deviant sexual identity based on that predation. Yeah. And that's scary, but that's where the Democratic Party is today. And that's not, they talk a lot about freedom and they talk about justice. And there's no freedom and justice in stopping a parent from helping their children. No, no. Well, the other thing people need to understand is that gay activists have driven this entire thing. 
Gay activists are behind this. They're the ones going state by state and giving fake testimonies. Um, we, we've heard this from right. people like David Pickup and the people Ann Polk from Restored Hope Network who have been going to these testif- testimony meetings and then going to these activists and saying, well, you, you talked about how you were horrifically abused by some counselor. Where did you go? Because we're against abuse, too. Tell us the name of this person so we can have this person dealt with by the local authorities. And what do you know? The activists just turn tail and run. They don't have any right. names to offer. They're lying through their teeth about this in order to instill tyranny on anybody who says you do not have to be homosexual and involved in homosexual behavior. You are not born gay. You do not have to if you were sexually abused by a homosexual of the same sex. You know, if you're a boy, right. it was a man or, or a woman and a little girl. You're not stuck. They don't want anybody to have a message of hope. It's born but, gay, but stay they- gay. Mm hmm. How can they lie, Janet? They can lie like that because there's absolutely no pushback from the media, which is now part of the gay, bisexual, transgender lobby. Yeah. And so they tell these lies at state legislatures. They know they're never going to be exposed by the media. We have uh, gr- people trying to expose them on our side, but the media does nothing. So that allows them to perpetrate their lies, just like the fake anti-gay hate crimes, which so many fake hate crimes, you could fill a book with them. Um, These lies are perpetrated by the activists, and they know they're never going to get any pushback. And and, and then the media, in the the election, the media will play, they will always ask pro-gay, pro-transgender questions in the debates, etc. And so we never saw, I think, in in the entire Democratic debate, we never saw one question about the inequality that girls are going to face because of this radical transgender agenda. There will be men, biological males, in girls' locker rooms. We have biological males competing against females with their inherent physical advantages. We have biological males with the, because of the transgender agenda, will victimize girls, but the media will never ask questions about that, and and that's the problem. And hopefully, at least the, the aspects that Trump has done well on, for example, he's fought, tried to fight back against this radical transgender transgender agenda. He's reversed some of the radical Obama policies. Hopefully, that will come out, and people will see the differences in this election campaign, this shortened election campaign that's coming up. Well, right. As you mentioned, the transgenders in opposite sex school bathrooms, that will make a return under Joe Biden. Uh, There also will be health care related to transitioning, including gender confirmation surgery, which is hilarious newspeak. What are you doing if not, you know, turning away from your actual sex? You're not confirming your gender. You know, just the language drives me crazy. But here's... We'll be paying for that as taxpayers. You will. I will. Sure, of course. Do here's another thing. Uh, the Trump rule that protects Christian adoption agencies from having to give children to homosexual couples. We've seen some success under the Trump administration on enabling these Christian foster care and adoption agencies to live out according to their religious conscience. That'll be gone. My question is, how did they get away with this kind of stuff when we have a First Amendment? This completely drives me nuts. And I know when we go to the courts and we see the way some of these things pan out, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, mostly bad. What happened to the First Amendment, Peter? Because we have freedom of speech. We have freedom of religion. Congress cannot enact anything against it. But the, the sense of it is that the government cannot tell the church what it can do. And, and the conscience that they're operating under cannot be swayed by government. So how is this not tyranny? Yeah, it, it scares me that we have Justice Roberts 
yeah. uh, basically is going to be the one decides whether we have religious freedom. And apparently, we, we, I mean, does anybody trust Justice Roberts anymore? No. It shouldn't be hanging by the thread of one man in a black robe. And unfortunately, it is. But I also give a lot of blame. Again, it comes back to the media. The media has provided so much cover to this agenda that it makes it difficult, even for conservatives and Republicans and Christians to take a stand. But we must take that stand, because yeah. if Christians don't defend truth, who will? Well, and I think the next thing that will come is people like you and me are going to be banned from social media. I mean, how, how are we going to get away with saying the truth on some of these places like Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram, any of these big social media platforms, they don't tolerate this because they have activists who are working with them behind the scenes to do things like censorship and shadow banning and these sorts of things. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, unfortunately, in a big tech culture that we live in, it's much easier to censor than even when I mean, than if the government were to do it. Uh, because everybody relies on these Facebook when I, I've been banned by Facebook or, you know, temporarily taken off Facebook and you can't send a Facebook messenger note to a friend because you're you're off for 10 days. I've been I've had uh, tweets that have I've been forced to take down, even though they were completely legitimate and innocuous tweets. But there are activists at Twitter and this will go on in a grand scale. And Biden Harris would encourage that. Now, Trump's against it. So we have to give Trump the, the, the credit for fighting back against this big tech censorship. It would be completely reversed. Any battle to defend religious freedom, completely reversed. Because again, what I'm picking up from Biden and, and Harris in watching how they're engaging with the LGBTQ activists is they are huge advocates. Jill Biden is a very strong pro radical, homosexual, bisexual, transgender agenda. She's a teacher. She was a big supporter of GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Act, uh, Education Network, which is a radical, homosexual, transgender organization. We're talking the, the, the most radical, pro-gay, pro pro-transgender, pro-bisexual, pro-pansexual hmm. presidency in the history of America if Biden and Harris win. It's just staggering. The human rights campaign, Peter, also says this year we must vote to save our lives. And of course, in the title of this Biden plan, there is a reference to advancing LGBTQ plus equality around the world. For a lot of people who haven't followed this movement very closely, they'll say, wait a minute, we had the Obergefell decision. What is it you people want? What do you think the answer to that is? What, what is it that they want to continue to push for? There's always another radical platform. Uh, it didn't end with same-sex so-called marriage being imposed on us by the Supreme Court, and it, it won't end until they are forcing people almost through the law to support this agenda one way or the other. And it's, we see it coming through corporate America as well. And, Janet, I have to remind I have to tell you something that Joe Biden said at the end of one of his human rights campaign speeches. He said, go and spread the faith. What? He's telling, he's telling a radical homosexual activist, transgender activist group, mm-hmm. the human rights campaign, to spread the faith. What faith? The human rights campaign is in the vanguard of the LGBTQ movement's war on faith. We, we want to follow what God has taught us, what the Bible teaches, traditional morality, marriage between one man and one woman. That's our faith. These homosexual activist organizations are, are at war with that. And here's a presidential contender for the Democratic Party acting as if they are the group with the faith. He's got it completely backwards, especially as a Catholic. Well, the faith is paganism. 
I think that's perfectly clear. The faith is paganism. Everything that is opposed to Jesus Christ and everything that is linked to the world and worldly philosophy and having the devil as your father. I mean, that's what the Bible says. You know, you are not of the world, Christians. You are answering to a different Lord and master than the world is. And this is where this issue really becomes important, Peter, because we have kids and grandkids who are counting on us to stand up for biblical truth, especially at a time like this. And it's why I really appreciate what Peter Peter's doing at americansfortruth.com. Check out his website. Peter, thank you so much for being with us again. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Janet. God bless. God bless you too. We'll be back on Janet Meffer today. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford Today. And now, here's Janet. Welcome back. I want to talk just for a few minutes about something that I think we're going to have to talk about in more detail as time goes along. The RNC is kicking into high gear this week. The DNC is now over. And we're going to have a lot of politics between here and November. And there is a lot at stake in this country. But one of the things that Peter LaBarbera and I were discussing off air recently, and I've been discussing this with a lot of people in the pro-family movement, is how concerned we are about the degree to which the Republican Party has been taking on this LGBT activism and is okay with a lot of it. Now, it is the case that President Trump has done some very good things, such as the transgender letter that was put out to all the public schools by the Obama administration, telling them they had to let confused little boys into the girls' restrooms and vice versa. And he negated that. And, you know, the the transgender in the military situation, he's done some good things. But I'll tell you what, I, I think we may down the road look back at this period of time and say for all of the good things we got with the pro-life movement, for all the good things that we got with religious liberty, and I'm not negating or putting down those accomplishments whatsoever, I think down the road, we Christians may very well say we should have pushed the Republican Party harder on the LGBT issue. Because I'm telling you what, at some point, if there is not a party and not a gathering of politicians who are willing to truly stand up for Christians and religious freedom, not just as religious freedom, but as the fact that gay rights and religious freedom are not compatible. We haven't yet come to that point where there really is going to be a battle in in the political realm, at least. I, I just think it's going to come to a head at, at a certain point, and especially if the Democrats are able to get control of the White House and, and also Congress you're going to get the Equality Act. You just are. You're going to get the Equality Act, and that's going to wake a lot of Christians up. But there was a recent tweet that came out from the Log Cabin Republicans. This is the pro-LGBT Republican group. And it had a picture of Richard Grinnell, and it says, President Donald Trump made history for LGBT Americans, and nobody knows that better than Richard Grinnell. And President Trump retweeted it and said, my great honor. And there were a number of people who commented on this to me and said, what do you think about this? And I said, (laughs) I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. And let me give you an example of this. 
Because it's one thing for Christians to understand right and wrong and to understand what is good policy and that is strengthening the nuclear family and not calling anybody who wants to put some people together in a different way and and having them label it a family. They can label it a family if they want to. But if you begin to get chaos within society, what you're really doing is undermining the nuclear family as God designed it. Here was an article in National Review. And I know it's not the days of William F. Buckley anymore, but it is getting so bad at some of these so-called conservative websites on the LGBT issue. This was a piece written by Madeline Kern. She looks like a young woman. She's from Scotland. She's a staff writer. And here's the headline. A pro-gay president is not enough. Okay, she is talking about the problems of transgender extremism. She is denouncing transgender extremism. I disagree with transgender extremism as well, but I was really shocked at some of the things that National Review printed. And I want to get to this. She says Donald Trump has always been what the left would call an ally to gay people. Trump wrote in 2005, wishing the best to Elton John and David Furnish on their civil partnership. If two people dig each other, they dig each other. In 2000, he told the gay magazine, The Advocate, that it's only fair to update the 1964 Civil Rights Act to include a ban on discrimination based on sexual orientation. In fact, so golden is Trump's liberal record on gay rights that in the 2016 Republican primaries, The New York Times even noted how Trump has nurtured long friendships with gay people, employed gay workers in prominent positions, and moved with ease in industries where gays have long exerted influence like entertainment. Since taking office, he hasn't so much as touched the precepts of Obergefell. At the United Nations, he pledged to fight for global decriminalization of homosexuality. Right, and that was something that Richard Grinnell took charge on, who calls himself a gay Christian. He doesn't share Joe Biden's, listen to this line, This is National Review, folks. This is not The Atlantic. Listen, he doesn't share Joe Biden's embarrassing voting record, the Defense of Marriage Act in 1996, or withholding federal funds from pro-gay schools. Did you just hear this? The National Review calling the Defense of Marriage Act an embarrassment? Because that's what she wrote. He hasn't said, as Joe Biden did in 1972, that his gut reaction is that homosexuals in the military are security risks. So how is it that Trump, the only pro-same-sex marriage president to enter the White House, is now being painted by progressives as an enemy of sexual minorities? Ooh, there's that revoicey term. Sexual minorities. That's a gay activist invented term, by the way. And it's just being employed as if we all agree that this is the nomenclature we're going to carry forward as conservatives. While Joe marriages between a man and a woman, Biden is their greatest champion. You see what she's saying? Trump's pro-gay ideas and his pro-gay record are commendable. And Joe Biden, having voted for the Defense of Marriage Act in 1996, is embarrassing. National Review. And then points out... The reason that Joe Biden is getting credit on the LGBT front is because of the letter T, while Trump has not gone down that road as much as Biden has. Because the gay rights movement succeeded far more quickly than anyone had imagined, lobbyists had to reinvent themselves in order to preserve relevance. The gay rights movement is now the LGBT movement and is almost wholly focused on redefining biological sex under the pretext of transgender rights. So this is the complaint that Madeline Kearns has with this activism. It's not the gay activism. Apparently, that's not a problem. It's the transgender stuff because that affects women's sports. Well, I would argue that the Obergefell decision is far more significant than the women's sports 
cases that have moved forward and and they're very important, but they're not as important as redefining marriage. Then she says, in April 2016, when asked about a North Carolina bill restricting bathroom use to an individual's biological sex, Trump remarked, North Carolina did something that was very strong and they're paying a big price. There's a lot of problems. You leave it the way it is. There have been very few complaints the way it is. People go, they use the bathroom they feel is appropriate. There has been so little trouble. And Madeline Kern says, back then, this just leave it alone approach to transgenderism was interpreted as leaning in favor of transgender rights, but no longer. Now she goes on to make the comment that in 2016, the Obama administration's Department of Justice and Department of Education sent out that guidance to schools and colleges, urging them to allow students to use whatever bathroom they wanted based on their gender identity. But that was not the department's decision to make. And listen to this one. This is a bombshell. She says, if Congress seeks to redefine sex, as with the Equality Act, then let them do so. Until then, sex means biology. Is that how it works, Madeline? The United States Congress is God. They can decide to redefine sex the way that the Supreme Court has redefined marriage. We are under such judgment. Listen to this stuff. And you read some of the stuff over at The Federalist. The Federalist, and it has a lot of good people working over there. They have a number of good articles. National Review has a number of good articles. And you see how this ideology has just infiltrated everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And I'm telling you what, I think for a long time, there was this recognition within American conservative politics that the three-legged stool referenced by President Reagan was what made conservatism strong. And it was. You had, you know, the fiscal sanity, you had the strong military, and you had moral values. And I'm telling you more and more and more, yes, fine, we're on the pro-life train. That's wonderful. But if you are now on the same train as the human rights campaign on gay rights, then you're no longer a moral values party. Now, I'm not impugning everybody in the Republican Party whatsoever. And I don't want anybody writing to me and saying, what are you crazy? Look at the other side. I know. I know. But what I'm saying is... This is why it's so important to Christians that we are salt and light in this culture and that we can't just say, yay, we're getting the pro-life stuff done and yay, we're getting some wins here on religious liberty. We have to fight on this issue too because I'm telling you when the Equality Act, God forbid, passes the U.S. Congress and is signed into law, your life is going to change. Your church is going to change. Your Christian school is going to change if it even is allowed to continue on as faithful to the Bible. We have to wake up on this because this is what is going on and we need to pray for this country. We need to pray for these politicians. And I think we need to be that force that God has called us to be as ambassadors for Jesus Christ on this issue as much as we are on the abortion issue and the religious liberty issue. Just a reminder, it's not that great out there with secular conservatism anymore when it comes to moral values. We're going to come back. Stay with us. Are you in need of a healthcare program? You're in luck. 
As a member of Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up throughout the year with memberships starting as early as the following month. And there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $349 per month. And there's no network, so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance. So your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. Find out more at libertyhealthshare.org jmt. That's libertyhealthshare.org jmt. Or call now, 855-565-2561, 855-565-2561. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free heartbeats for moms in crisis in the USA. When a mother chooses life, preborn centers are there to help with the baby's needs, counseling, and so much more, free of charge. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest nationwide provider of free ultrasounds for expectant moms in crisis. There's just something about seeing your own baby's heartbeat that moves a mom's heart toward life like nothing else. Will you please help support Preborn in the cause for life? One ultrasound is just $28, or five ultrasounds are $140. To donate, just call 855-402-BABY. That's 855 855- 402-2229. All gifts are tax deductible. That's 855-402-BABY. 855-402-2229. Or there's a preborn banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Welcome back. Have you heard about the new film airing on Netflix called Cuties? The ad campaign for this film recently outraged tens of thousands of people who were really horrified at seeing little girls in skimpy costumes burying their legs in midriffs. And they rightly objected to these children being exploited with a petition. Well, now Netflix responded to it, but they didn't cancel plans to air the film. And the Parents Television Council is now calling upon Netflix to remove not just this movie from its lineup, but also other content that sexualizes children or romanticizes sexual assault and rape. We're going to talk about it a little bit now with Tim Winter, president of the Parents Television Council. Hello, Tim. Great to have you with us again. Hello, Janet. Good day to you and your listeners. It's always, always, always a pleasure to be on the horn with you. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Tell us about this film, Cuties. There are a lot of people rightly up in arms about this, but maybe some listeners haven't heard about it. Can you tell us the scoop on this particular film? Rightly up in arms is an understatement, yeah. I think, on this one. Uh, uh, yeah, um, Cuties is a film. It's, it was produced, uh, there was a French director. It was produced in Europe. Um, it's a film that features 11-year-old girls who try to you know, make a, a, a go of it through um, sexual, uh, sexualized dancing, twerking, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting, this is an X-rated movie, although you don't call it X anymore because the Motion Picture Association thought that was too harsh, so they call it NC-17. Wow. It's basically an X-rated movie about 11-year-old girls, and, uh, and as you really pointed out, some of the marketing has been uh, grotesquely sexualizing, but it's really just the latest example, a demonstration of what we see as Netflix's uh, uh, love affair with sexualizing children, with romanticizing rape and sexual assault, uh, glamorizing uh, uh, teen, teen suicide. 
you, you look at Netflix and you have to scratch your head and wonder what is going on inside that corporate office suite. Oh, for sure. It's sickening. Now, when you say it's basically an X-rated movie without getting too graphic, what makes it X-rated? I mean, do we know much about the content of this film? The twerking is bad enough, but are, is there nudity? Is there extreme sexualization? What do we know? Well, we don't know a whole lot yet because it's it's just now been announced that it's going to be you know being released by Netflix. So, uh, but the but the content in order to be X-rated, it it cannot be just violent. It is sexually explicit. It cannot just be profane because profanity seems to get uh, no matter how harsh the profane uh, words, it only gets an R rating. So there must be there must be sexually explicit content, the likes of which. Uh, you know, is too much even for an R. Wow, that's sick. And little kids, 11-year-old girls are involved in this film. And this was interesting to me, Tim. Netflix came out with this statement saying, we're deeply sorry for the inappropriate artwork that we used for cuties. It was not okay, nor was it representative of this French film, which won an award at Sundance. We've now updated the pictures and description. So in, in the same breath, they're saying the artwork was the problem. But just remember, this was an award-winning movie at Sundance. I mean, it sounds like, you know, they're trying to shut us up and also defend themselves, it would seem, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. The, the argument seems to be that if it wins an award, then you can't you can't criticize it for being uh, inappropriate or indecent. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, if that's the standard to which we are now being held, heaven help us. Yeah. Right. Well, a lot of people were making the comment, and I think they're right about this, that by doing this, by sexualizing little girls, this is just playing to predators and pedophiles. Would you agree with that? I sure would. When you think about uh, think about the horrors of someone like a Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. uh, if 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 he were to try to uh, embark on a campaign to desensitize young girls so that they would be more readily accessible to being uh, sexually abused, this is the type of things that he would try to brainwash them with. Um, you know, it's one thing for Netflix to say, "Well, we apologize for the graphicness of the." of the marketing material, but it speaks nothing of the content of the film itself. Again, how do you, how do you take a movie that is the entire story is supposed to be a coming of age of 11, of an 11 year old girl, make it into an X rated movie and then, uh, and then apologize only for gosh, the, uh, the artwork that we use to market it is, uh, is overly provocative. It is something that either uh, is intended to desensitize us to the horrors of sexual exploitation of children or to feed the predators who, uh, who, who thirst for it. Right. Well, can you give us a little glimpse into the other inappropriate content that Netflix has been feeding viewers? Yeah, uh, and I want to be mindful of your listeners. I don't want to offend anybody just by telling you about some of the things that they've done. But um, they seem to be on a path of of being happy to reap profit, corporate profit, in exchange for material that sexualizes children and and really de- uh, desensitizes, humanizes, it, it glamorizes sexual assault. The movie 365 Days, 365 Days, again, another European film that, uh, that Netflix has taken some heat about because uh, here a woman is kidnapped, sexually assaulted, raped, and held in bondage, and she has 365 days to fall in love with her captor, Ew. who is this hunky, good-looking guy. Oh. Yeah, okay, gosh, so that's, that's, how, that's how love happens. That's how uh, women should, be, uh, should, should learn to become attracted to a man. You get uh, sexually assaulted, kidnapped, tort- you know, tortured, bondage, 
and that's okay. It's not okay, but that's how Netflix uh, is is portraying, uh, you know, or at least defending uh, this movie. Um, sh- move, shows like um, Sex Education and Big Mouth. We've talked about Big Mouth, I think, in the past. It's a cartoon that uh, basically makes fun of children going through pu- puberty and all the all the things that happen during that time mm-hmm. and trying to. It's. I mean, it's really explicit. It's really explicit stuff, and it's a cartoon featuring children who are in. In middle school uh, again who who would produce and, and pay for that type of material and who would be willing to distribute that type of material but for someone who wants to uh, to desensitize all of us to the horrors that uh, that sexual predation is especially on children yeah you're right about that do we know who over at Netflix is greenlighting this kind of child sexualization content we don't know specifically. We do know that um, you know Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos are the two executives. Are now co-CEOs. Um, with the Parents Television Council has uh, been working. We have tried for years co- communicating with the senior executive leadership. We know they receive our messages, but they have never answered one directly. Mm-hmm. But what we've where we've taken the next uh, the, this battlefront is to their board of directors. These are people who do not like the public scrutiny, the, the, the light on them, but these are, these are the bosses of the CEOs. They're members of the board of directors. We know who they are. We've been able to find uh, mailing addresses for some of them, even home mailing addresses. And what we're doing is we are hitting them with, um, with FedEx delivered overnight so we have proof of delivery. But we're, we're hitting these people now with calls for, uh, for you know, how can they, they are, they are personally profiting from the sexual exploitation of, of children and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can they allow that to happen on their watch as a member of a publicly traded company's corporate board of directors. Tim, did you ever think years ago that it would ever get to this point? I mean, I know we've talked about broadcast TV and there's enough bad stuff on broadcast TV, but then you up it to cable. Now you're on to Netflix. You just wonder how much more into the sewer we can go. I mean, does this shock you? I know you've seen everything, but does this shock you that we're to this point in our culture where we are sexualizing 11-year-olds and when people by the thousands push back, the network goes, yeah, we're still going to go ahead with it. Well, I could be discouraged, but I am hopeful. Um, when you ask me what I've seen and am I, am, I, am I saddened by or angry by what I've seen, am I shocked? The answer is yes. We, we, we talk about a race to the bottom that seems to have no bottom. Yeah. Um, there's even now a, a doll. I don't know if you've seen this, the Trolls doll. Yes. That's based on a, for four-year-old little girls, based on a, a, a motion picture about trolls by DreamWorks. And there's a button on the doll in the genital area where if you touch the little girl's genital area, she giggles. This is the type of depravity that, that some out there have. Um, how it's being greenlit and funded by corporate dollars, I don't know. But, but what we do know is the greatest sanitizer in the world is sunlight. And we must bring sunlight. We must bring public scrutiny onto those who allow these decisions to happen. That's why we get up every morning and fight every day. Well, we're grateful for you. And I know you're calling on Netflix to remove cuties and this other horrible content. What can parents do to back you up? Please come to our website, take action, add your voice to the choir. The louder we can speak, the, the more they're going to hear us. And, and by being silent, you are basically, it's an acclamation that this is okay. This must not be okay. Come to our website, parents 
parentstv.org, parentstv.org, and sign the petition. Sign up for our e-alerts. It's free, but please raise your voice and become involved. Don't let this become the new acceptable norm in Hollywood. Well, that's very good. Again, you can go over to the Parents Television Council website. I'll give it out once more. It's parentstv.org. And PTC does a fantastic job keeping us informed about what is out there that your kids could see on TV or, in this case, on Netflix. It's important for us to stand against this smut. And we're very grateful for Tim Winter and his crew over at the Parents Television Council. Tim, thank you so much. Great to have you here. And we really appreciate the work that you do. Thank you, Janet. All right. God bless you. Thanks for being with us on Janet Mefford today. We'll see you next time.